Happy Tuesday, Seattle hockey fans. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken. This is a squad cast with Ann Kimmel. We're going to go over who we think is the best in the West. I'll take on the Pacific Division while Ann Kimmel, your host, one of your hosts of Locked on Predators, takes on the Central Division. That's coming up on this special squad cast episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked On Kraken, your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken. We are your five days a week, Monday through Friday podcast covering the Seattle Kraken. As I mentioned yesterday, I'm on the road today. I'm at the Sports Business Journal Conference. And yes, there is a Seattle Kraken overlap there. We'll hear about that later in the week. But Ann Kimmel and I recorded this podcast just for you. I think you'll enjoy hearing what we think about the Western Conference, of course, coming from our specific divisions. Ann Kimmel and Locked on Predators in the Central Division and me, your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala of Locked on Kraken for the Pacific Division. Everything's up for debate, folks, so let us know. What did you like? What did you not like? Did I go with a few homer picks? Um, yeah, but also why the heck not? Uh, I said what I said. Uh, but anyway, jokes aside, sass aside, I hope you enjoy this squad cast episode and Kim and I getting into the Western conference on this squad cast or crossover episode locked on Kraken and locked on predators. All right, Erica, we're going to dive into this Western conference. It's, it's, an interesting group. The Western Conference is a very interesting group. Um, but you're going to be our Pacific eyes and ears. I'm going to lean into the central a little bit. But we want to talk about some categories and, and see where we think things are going to shake out. So the first one I want to ask you about is, in the Pacific Division, who is the best goalie tandem situation you all have going there? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I do think a lot of experts, and I would agree would say that likely the best goalie in the Pacific division is Jacob Markstrom from the Calgary Flames. I think we really got to see what Markstrom can do for that Flames team in the postseason. Yes. I mean, some of those games were wild and Markstrom definitely keeping Calgary in there. But I think if we're, if the question is really looking at tandems, yeah. I almost wonder if we have to look at the San Jose Sharks, um, which is a team that has struggled and likely will struggle again. But with uh, Kakanen, <coughs> excuse me, and, and Reamer, I think that if you look at the numbers those two bullies together, um, probably the best tandem. Um, but I think Markstrom is probably the best goalie. Yeah. It's a whole different conversation when you look at tandem than when you look at just individual goalie. And we kind of looking at the central division, I had that same thing. And as a team that has just played 
both of the goaltenders from the Sharks. I would actually agree with you because they do not give up much. They really did not give up much. Now, Nashville could have perhaps made it a little harder on them at times, but it's early in the season. We're just working out the kinks, but no, I really do think, I think, I think you're probably onto it from what we've seen uh, with the sharks at the global series for sure. Mm-hmm. When it comes to duos in the central division, like, look, I, I'm not trying to be biased here. I, I do have to consider the Nashville Predators because we have UC Saros, who was a Vesna finalist last season. He is he was injured at the end of last season back. He is just looking fantastic when we've seen him in the preseason. He played the first game of our regular season at the Global Series and looked great. Uh, one goal, I think he was 30 for 31. So back to form. Last season, we did not have a good goalie tandem. We had, um, and we love him personally, David Riddick would invite him to Thanksgiving. He's delightful. Um, (laughs) Not maybe so much in net, but uh, the Predators went and got Kevin Lankin in, and he has done a great job preseason. So I'm thinking that Nashville is in the conversation for duo between Saros and Lankin in. But, and it pains me to say it. I'm not going to lie, Erica. It pains me to say it, but I've got to throw out the Colorado avalanche. Yeah. I mean, in pretty much every category we're going to discuss, but anyway, <laughs> we're going to focus on, <laughs> focus on goaltending because they have Pavel, Pavel Franco. So he was considered a backup. Really? He's so fantastic. And they got rid of Darcy Kemper, who also was not bad, but here's the thing. Colorado doesn't need a great goaltender. They need an okay goaltender. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't have to have an exceptional exceptional one. Darcy Kemper did just fine, but mm-hmm. he is gone and they brought in Alexander Georgiev from the New York Rangers. And so I think when those are, you know, you have Franco and Georgiev, two very difficult names to pronounce. Um, <laughs> but they are so both so good in goal that unfortunately – it pains me to say it, but I think Colorado may have the best goaltending duo. And it's not even like they need it. It's just greedy. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because especially in the Stanley Cup final, you, there were people that were questioning Darcy Kemper. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously when you get that far in a season, injury and, and little tweaks yeah. here and there make a difference. But um, I'm curious to see. I haven't paid much attention to Colorado's new tandem, but I love that you offered that up now. Um, so I'll have to keep a keen eye. Obviously, I know that the, the Kraken have in Burakovsky have gotten a player that, that has been a part of that team um, on the offensive more so side. So um, I'm curious to see Colorado. And yes, I was looking at some of these categories and I was like, it's probably Colorado in a lot of <laughs> Pretty much. This is a podcast all about the Colorado Avalanche. Right. And they throw in some other teams as well. Maybe <laughs> here and there. Just you know, for yeah. For yeah. The, just just fun of it. Oh my gosh. But yeah, just okay, to keep so it lively. Next and and, so and next Colorado. <laughs> all right. Okay. Next we're gonna talk about defense, and we may or may not have to talk about Colorado again. But let's talk about defense. So looking at the Pacific Division. Who do you think has kind of the best defense going into this season? Ooh, this one is tough 
partially mm-hmm. because, and those who have ever listened to Lockdown Kraken know that I I love defense. Mm-hmm. And I have a really big problem with how defense is essentially quantified in a lot of sports. It's yes. difficult, I'll give you that. But also, I think we take some shortcuts. So, like, who is the best defenseman? And Ryan S. Clark has an amazing article, highly recommend, over where he's at now at ESPN. He was a former beat writer for The Athletic for the Seattle Kraken. But um, he's writing about young puck-moving defensemen and this being kind of the new wave that we're seeing in the NHL. And, um, you know, all of that to say that points do matter. Uh, I think you, you, the NHL is slowly at a glacial pace <laughs> moving towards wanting puck-moving defensemen and, and defensemen who can start the offense. And so things like assists, I think, are really important. Yeah. Goals, obviously, who doesn't want goal scorers? But um, I also look at assists. And so looking at that and looking at who are some of the top defensemen I think, honestly, in some categories, you do see San Jose up there, um, which is interesting because according to their host, they don't like defense. <laughs> but And he says they're going to finish lo- like, oh, we're like a bottom five team. And I'm like, yeah. oh, y'all scared us pretty well in the first two Yeah, games, but exactly. okay, J.D. We'll see. So, I mean, you know, some mm-hmm. of your top defensemen that, that come from the Pacific Division, uh, Brent Burns, you see Shea Theodore um, uh, for uh, Vegas from last season. I'm looking at last year's, um, you know, numbers, Rasmus Anderson. Um, so I'm thinking it might be Calgary for mm-hmm. us. Uh, I think San Jose has some players, but I think, again, the question was more on the holistic side, not individual defensemen. Mm -hmm. So I am inclined to say either, um, I think I'm inclined to say, just looking at the numbers from last year and who's still on the team, probably going to say Calgary. I think they did a pretty good job against us in the preseason, which is why, again, when I said, well, if you don't have good defense, uh, if other team does, you're not going to have the puck for very often. Um, And so I think Calgary might be the biggest uh, defensive core in the Pacific Mm -hmm. Yeah, Calgary, I'm, Calgary really surprised a lot of people last season. And I think everybody is going to be keeping their eye on them this season because they are not nothing. Like they've got yeah. some things going on. They've got some things. They've got some things. And, you know, I'm sure you have spoken to Jess Balmasto. I certainly have in the Pacific Division. And everyone was like, you know, running out of the burning building with some of the, the moves that they made in free agency. But, you know, Jess Belmasto has gone on the record to say that she kind of likes the leadership court this year yeah, uh, a little bit better. So we shall see. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be fun to watch, scary and fun. So in the Central Division, I'm not trying to repeat myself, but I think we're looking at, wait for it, wait for it, <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche. What? Now, I mean, you've got Kale McCard, Norris Trophy winner. He's like 12 years old. So, you know, he's got tons of good years ahead of him. Um, He's just phenomenal. And and I agree with what you're saying about, you know, there is sort of a different prototypical defenseman slowly evolving in the league. And Kale McCard is is that 108 points. He had 61 assists, which who has time? Kale McCarr has time, my friends. <laughs> who has 
Devon Taves, Bo Byram, Josh Manson. Like they just, there's not a, there's not a name on their defensive roster that I'm not like, oh, I would, I would like him on our team. Having said that, I do want to give a shout out. And again, I'm not trying to play favorites, but I do want to give a shout out to the Nashville Predators because they made one move in the off season defensively. They brought in um, Ryan McDonough from the Tampa Bay Lightning. And that one move has really dramatically changed the defensive depth of this team. So keep an eye on Nashville. Of course, we do have Roman Yossi, who was a Norris Trophy runner up and the most beautiful man in sports. Um, Great. Uh, He had, I think, 96 points. So another one of those kind of newish, offensively minded defensemen as well. So for me, it's probably going to be Colorado because it's always just going to be Colorado. But Nashville, keep your eye on us. Defensively, I think we're going to be a much better team. We have a couple other categories to jump into. We're going to get you back to our squad cast, but right now, let me tell you about Built Bar. If you haven't tried the puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. I can guarantee you, as you're likely listening to this, I'm somewhere in New York City covering sports business and chomping on a Built Bar in between breakfast, lunch, lunch and dinner, and then dinner and post-dinner soiree and drinks. I love having Built Bar on hand uh, because I can get the cookie dough chunk puff, only 160 calories, 15 grams of proteins to keep my engine running in between meals. And while I'm doing interviews with maybe the Liwiki brothers, for example, Wink, wink. So the Built Bar new cookie dough chunk puff covered in 100% real chocolate, just like everything else over at Built Bar. Light, fluffy texture, and it's healthy and tasty. I'm a huge fan of Built Bar. I love when they send me the box, and I get so many that I also share the Built Bar love with the family. Coconut brownie is a pretty popular one with the Ayala clan, as well as the raspberry birthday cake was really, really good. I still have some of those in the freezer. So you're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff and all of the flavors that you can find over at built.com. Speaking of, I want you to head over to built.com use promo code locked 15. That will get you 15% off your next order of built bars. Happy snacking. All right. So we're going to talk off-season moves because there was a lot going on, a lot going on in the off-season. So tell us, what do you think is the most, the biggest and best off-season move that happened in the Pacific Division? And there were a lot. Y'all had a lot of stuff going there on there. were a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, I think it's fair to say that I can be a little bit of a homer here. Um, but I think we if we judge. include <laughs> no judgment, no, that's why I love coming on Lockdown Friends. It's an amazing time. Everyone should listen always. Y'all had me cackling in, in getting ready for the global series. So, oh my love. gosh, so much fun! <laughs> so so good. much fun. Um, okay, but anyway, back to the Pacific Division. Um, if we include the draft, the Seattle Kraken is top two. Like, yes. I mean, come on, the drama. Uh, the acquisition of not one but two back-to-back uh, drafts where we get a young centerman, that's massive. 
if the Seattle Kraken can do a a great job of developing, in my opinion, per what we per what we discussed in segment one, uh, with Shane Wright, if they really can develop Shane Wright, and again, I don't think it will take a lot, but I do think he will require a little bit more than Matty Beniers. I think that's a home run that we see for years to come. So I I can't, you cannot talk about that when it comes to the Pacific division. And obviously I have all eyes on that. That being said, I would still give the edge to Calgary. Uh, Mentioned it a little bit. And again, Jess Bamasto on Locked on Flames will do a great job in explaining this in detail, but people were ready to lose their minds (laughs) when Saw some of the players that left. Um, yes. And what the, the Flames did or didn't really, for that matter, get uh, for Kachuk, um, you know. And so I think that, um, I mean, Johnny Hockey also left. So mm-hmm. um, I think that Calgary, and maybe it is just because of a little bit of the drama, but um, again, going back to Jess, who I, I have faith in, if she's saying that the leadership core is actually a little bit better and they lost Johnny Hockey and Matthew Kajuk, I think it's just like, what? Like, what is even happening? So I think it's uh, Calgary Flames for me. Yeah. And it's so funny because like you said, at one point in the offseason, you're like, well, it's blown up. Like there was, there it goes for Calgary. Like they're, they're done. But I agree with you. You look at kind of how they've walked through that and it's like, okay, Calgary. All right. You didn't panic. They did a thing. Yeah. You did a whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, when it comes to the central division, like there really was not a lot of big action. You know, Colorado lost some big name players. You y'all took Andre Burakovsky, Nazem Kadri. He's gone. Would have liked him. I mentioned Nazem. Yes. (laughs) You know, Um, (laughs) (laughs) seriously, some things we just block out, you know, (laughs) we just block them out. So there wasn't like any big, it feels like a lot of the big moves happened in other divisions. So, and again, this could be the Homer in me, but I really feel like (laughs) Nashville made some good offseason moves Um, and probably we talked about we added Ryan McDonough defensively the other one that we added was Nino Niederreiter we got him from the Carolina Hurricanes and we have the benefit of already being in the regular season so I get to say with some authority it's been great (laughs) he's got um, three goals in two games so far in the regular season he is the league leading goal scorer right now in the NHL thank you very kindly (laughs) (laughs) so but I think Nashville did a good job there were two areas that really got Nashville last season and one was defensive depth and one was they had a second line that could not score at all, at all. It was really difficult. So they addressed that. They brought in Nito Niederreiter, Ryan McDonough. So I would say Nashville did a, because I can see the results most quickly, but also the central division, a lot of people left like Kevin Fiala left so we had a lot of departures. We didn't have a lot of arrivals. We were that airport this off season. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say it is the Nashville predators. So okay. Okay. that's what I'm going I'm, with. I'm good with that. Our final one here, final situation here is who is going to be the standout player in the Pacific Erica? Mm. Who's just going to knock our socks off? Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. This is a tough one. 
Yeah. Um, this one's tough. And when I think stand out, again, it really goes back to eliminating some people given the, the terminology that we're using. When I think of standout, I think of someone who, right, is uh, performing above what they have been performing or of what is expected. Mm-hmm. I think of um, someone who, regardless of the opportunity or not, is, is really someone that's making an impact on their team. And for that reason, I, of course, am going to say Maddie Veneers. <laughs> like, yes. Come on. I think everything is primed for Maddie Veneers to have a breakout season. A lot of experts have been putting Maddie Veneers and Shane Wright in that conversation league-wide. And I think if we look at the Pacific Division, we have a small sample size. Again, I've talked about that earlier on the show. We do have a small sample size. But also, this is a guy that, Um, was asked about why he practiced one-timers. Was it something that he felt that he was good at and he excelled at, or was it something that he felt that he could do better at? And his answer was, I missed some chances, and this is preseason. I missed some chances, and that really ticked me off, and I wasn't going to miss them again. And he was practicing with Andre Burakovsky, and the very next game, it would have been his second preseason game, he got the lone goal on a one-timer, on the power play for the Seattle Kraken. His work ethic, his drive, and his ability to convert what he's learning, what he's seeing, and what he's physically practicing, and putting that into an NHL game, I'm going with Matty Beneers. Mm. I will tell you, he is one of the players I am most excited to watch this season, not just because your enthusiasm is contagious, but because he does seem like a player, just a young player whose hockey IQ, who's able to learn something, process it, translate it on the ice so high. I think he is a really exciting young guy. So I am on board with this pick. I'm actually really, he is one of my, you know, top five guys that I'm like, this is somebody I want to keep my eye on. So I vote yes. I I vote yes to it all. And and the impact that a a good season for him could potentially have on where the Seattle Kraken fare in Mm. the pecking order, I think is massive. So yes, that's my pick all the way. All right. Well, for the Central Division, believe it or not, I'm not going Nashville or Colorado. And I know it seems like those are the only two teams that there are, but... (laughs) (laughs) So for me in the Central Division, um, you know, of course, you've got Kale McCarr, we've got Roman Yossi, Matthew, we've got lots of lots of talent. But I really do think the player who is just going to blow it up yet again in the Central Division is going to be Minnesota's Kirill Kaprizov. Like Mm. this kid is just incredible Uh, coming off of a hundred and eight point season. So, you know, he's already you know what he is capable of, but the, and there's just no reason to think that he's not going to be able to repeat or exceed that. He still has his line mates, Ryan Hartman and uh, Matt Zuccarello. So he's still primed for another great season. 81 games last season. If he can stay healthy, heaven help us. Um, and, and, and I just, I just think, I just think his game is altogether. I, he, he just doesn't have a weakness. And so for me, I really think in the Central Division, the player who is just going to knock socks off and, and maybe make people cry is going to be Kaprizov. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. I think when you think of the Minnesota Wild, um, 
the, obviously Kirill Kaprizov stands out. I think again, when I think of this question and you think of even someone in a different division and you think of a player that you've known and that you know, like, hey, this is the real deal. I, I like that pick and I like that pick a lot. Yeah, I wish I wish I could, you know, the homer in me wants to say someone else, but I'm, I'm telling you, he's he's going to have another great season. All right. So we're going to wrap this up really quick, Erica. I want you to tell me, how do you see the Pacific Division shaking out? Well, I really do think, again, that Calgary will be at the top. I know that we had them at the lock on NHL um, rankings at two. I really think that they'll they'll be one. Uh, I do think Edmonton has a pretty good shot of being in that top three. As far as the Seattle Kraken, we have them at seven. I'm not feeling that. And I think that it might maybe a little ambitious to have them at five in the Pacific division, but I think six is, is where I'd like to see us really aim for. If we can get six, sixth in the division again, I don't see us making the playoffs, but I think that we first have to tackle the division win games in the division. And I think that um, that 5-6 spot, given what Vancouver is looking like, given what Calgary, Edmonton, and even Los Angeles, who they're kind of that swing team that I think could bump the Kraken up or down. Um, But I'm saying I'd like to see us in the 5-6 spot in the Pacific Division. Um, But I do think we'll miss the playoffs. Mm, That makes me a little bit sad, but... You know, what do you do? Can't hey, Everybody can't make it. Everybody can't make it. Maybe I'll be wrong. I mean, there are some experts yeah. that have us in. Slim chance of sub-30%, uh, sub about 27% chance. Um, again, for me, I don't think people are factoring in that our defense has not improved enough. And that goaltending is still the wild card. So for me, the safer bet is saying that they're not going to make it. But if I'm wrong, I'd be happy to be wrong. <laughs> It's never felt so good. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So the Central Division, I know this is going to be shocking to you. I really do think we're going to see Colorado at the top. I I know they've had a lot of changes in their roster, but by dang, the jerks are still good. So I, and 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 you know, look, I love our I love our Locked On Avalanche co-hosts. They're amazing. And here's the deal: Colorado is they're they're just where the bar is set. In the Central Division, I think in the NHL, and and they've earned it. They're a great team. So Colorado is going to finish first in the Central Division. You know, we've got uh, it's the middle meet that's going to be interesting. I think with St. Louis, Minnesota, Nashville, and Dallas, that could shake out a number of different ways. It's kind of hard to predict that meaty middle. I think the bottom we've got Chicago and Arizona, bless their hearts, and Winnipeg is somewhere, but probably towards the bottom. So. Um, Nashville, somewhere in the bottom, but we love them. Bless their hearts. Um, Nashville, you know, I could see Nashville finishing third in the division. Um, there is a chance, you know, Nashville could, could finish fifth, you know, that two through five, it's up for grabs. It, it mm-hmm. is encouraging. Nashville already has four points. So at least we're, you know, starting strong out <laughs> But once everybody else starts to play, all bets are off. So Colorado is, um, I think, going to win the Central. Who do you think is going to come out of the Western Conference for the Stanley Cup Finals, Erica? Out of the whole conference? Out of the whole conference. I'm going to agree with you. I I think it's Colorado's to lose. Um, Again, out of the Pacific Division, I think Calgary – has will have a really good run. Uh, I think 
early returns, but they should have a pretty good run. They've made improvements. But I think you're right. It's the standard not only for the Western Conference, but for uh, the NHL. And so let's let's go with Colorado for now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, look, everybody, you heard it here first. Eric and I have told you the truth as we know it. Um, <laughs> And, and we'll see how it all begins to unfold until that happens. Erica, tell all of our Locked on Preds listeners where they can find you and your work. Well, first of all, and thank you for having me on. We always have a good time. Um, and thank you, Preds fans, for, for uh, you know, sticking it out and, and listening to us and our, our, all of our takes and, uh, you know, little wit and spiciness. Love it. Um, but you can find me at elindsay08. That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-08. That's my personal social media, pretty much all platforms. And then you can find the show, of course, at Locked on Kraken. All one word. I love it. All right. And uh, I am Ann Kimmel. You can find my work at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. And you can find the podcast at LO underscore Predators as well. So want to thank everybody for joining us. Thank you for making Locked On your first listen of the day. We hope that you all have a fantastic day. And we will be back tomorrow with all new episodes.